Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose here with you. As always, we're going to take you through just about everything in the sports world. This is episode 70, if you're keeping track at home. For all you non-math majors, obviously we don't discriminate against you, but episode 70 coming at you. I'm going with Sam Huff. Sam Huff was the first athlete, I believe, if my uh, research skills are correct. He's the first ever NFL player to grace the cover of Time Magazine. Sam Huff is a legendary New York football giant. I know our buddy Zach Crock will appreciate that one. I've got Joe Ambayoko in the studio with me. Johan, sup, dog? What's going on, bro? I'm going to keep it in the studio, in the NFC East, rather. <clears throat> Zach Martin, number 70, seven-time All-Pro, five-time first-team All-Pro. The very best at what you want from a first-round guard. Who? No, I'm kidding. I was, Zach Martin is... You know who, exactly who he Zach is. Zach Martin is Haunts the class us. of guards in the NFL. Uh, he is up there right at the top, and he's a great player. No, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about that, especially even though he's a Cowboy. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Great player. And, uh, Joel, we got a lot to talk about today, don't we? I just want to say, that's one of the very few picks in the Jerry Jones era that they made, and they could confidently say, like, I would rather have nobody else but that guy. They almost had Johnny Manziel. Yeah, well, they're almost there with Parsons, right? They kind of It kind of just feels like they hit a home run. We're about a year away from Parsons. Yeah. That. So, we'll see. But, Joel and I have been out, uh, as you and I'm sure just about every one of your friends can imagine, Sickness has just been flying around, Joel's. We're back in the studio. We're healthy. We're doing our thing uh, to the best we can, and we're, we're going to get some sports knowledge out uh, to the people as we always do. Let's just dive right into it. Baseball is dead in New York. It's done. It's over. Pack it up. I'll see you next April. I mean, literally, because both the, the Mets and the Yankees are now eliminated. With that statement, it's not just a one-blank statement. What do we do now? I know football season's here, but as fans of two teams that just nearly won 100 games and won 100 games, you see yourself ending in October early. What goes on through your mind? Do you want to tear house down? Let's start with the Mets right now. What do you do if you're a Mets fan and you got packed up in the wild card? Well, I think, Joel, my first thought is, you know, where can I get a good tea time? Uh, where's that <laughs> good weather? And uh, can I get the golf clubs there inexpensively? Um, after that, listen, the Mets have a lot of question marks. Half that roster, half that team, half that pitching, well over half the pitching staff is a free agent this year. So the Mets right now are in a position, Joanne, that I think they're really just trying to figure out what their priorities are. Who is the priority? Uh, I think Edwin Diaz is a priority, number one. Check that off the box. Uh, and I would imagine DeGrom's a close 1A, in Check my that opinion. Check off the box. Uh, I think you need, I think, I've said this, Joanne, before on other platforms, I think the only thing that stops Jacob DeGrom from coming back to the Mets is if he is truly sold on, like, wanting to play at home uh, or something like that. If it comes down to money, I think the Mets the Mets are by far the favorites. Where is Jacob DeGrom's home? It's a good question. I'll have to take a peek at that one, but I, believe, I thought he was from somewhere near, I don't know, the Texas Rangers pop up in my head. Ringing bells, but you're just saying free agency comes around, maybe you want to get close to mom. Maybe he's in money Florida. Call. I think that's why the whole Braves thing came about. Because he's from Florida. He's not going to go play for the Marlins. Cause why would he do that? Why would anybody go play for the Marlins right now? But, yeah, I, that's why I think the Braves have come up. And But, Jolan, I think at the end of the day, I think he stays in New York. I really do. Are you comfortable with this offseason coming up, being able to bid for guys, being able to retain our guys, or do you have any concern with the Cohen staff? and his people with the money. I don't. I think they want to spend, 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 and win, win, win. And in order to win, 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 you're going to have to spend, spend, spend. Especially, right, Joel, and we see the Astros do it, and they do it with some rookies. But they have, like, their farm system is built. The Mets They're don't, awesome. The Mets don't have a farm system like that, so they have to go spend, spend, spend until they develop a farm strong enough to just bring guys Not up. even their farm like system entirely. Their scouts are incredible. You trade for Jordan oh, yeah. Alvarez. If Jordan Alvarez is a Dodger today, the Dodgers do not get eliminated this year. Well, they I don't get Freddie that. Freeman. The Yankees likely get Freddie Freeman. Matt Olson may never get trade. Who knows? Domino effects are crazy. But right. It is pretty wild. They see a star, they send a star. Nonetheless, Joan, I mean, listen, I, I joked on Zach Crux's show the other day that the Mets will, you know, they'll bring the Grom back, they'll bring Diaz back, they'll sign Verlander, they'll sign Rodon, they'll sign, you know, Trey Turner and Aaron Judge too, you know, like, but 
We'll you know, there that. is a finite amount of money. This team does need to build, and it does need to get better. And, Jolan, at the end of the day, the Mets need their top guys to play the best ball at the end of the season. We're seeing the Phillies. Like, the Phillies are a team that struggled all year long. They, they I think The Mets were 14-5 and five against them this year, and here the Phillies are playing in the World Series, man. Do you have any concerns with how Buck has gotten to postseason, has seen success with rebuilding teams, but hasn't gotten over the World Series hump yet? I don't because he's in an organization that it, the success is different. If he was the Yankees manager, yeah, I'd be probably pretty concerned. But as as Buck reaches new heights, so are the Mets. Like it's kind of going, it's kind of going to go hand in hand, you know. With hey, we haven't been here in a while. Oh, well, Buck's not, Buck hasn't been here in a while either. Oh, great, awesome. So I'm excited, Joe. And I thought he did a good job managing. I was a little bit concerned with some of the times he would sit there and he'd play for tomorrow, especially like late into September. You'd see him like I, I'm not saying he threw games, but. The bullpen choices were not that of we are trying to be as aggressive as possible to go out and win the baseball game. Now, all the Mets stuff settled. You retain, obviously, Buck next year. Yep. Bring back a couple guys. Which bat do you want to add to this lineup? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, If everything comes back almost exactly as it was last year, a couple outfielders maybe, this, that. We'll see if Brandon Nimmo comes back. Um, I think it's a big question. I think Trey Turner's a guy I'm really intrigued with. I, I would put him at second, and I think you would, Joanne, you'd have start at second every day, and you'd put Jeff McNeil in the outfield. Whoa. Then Canna becomes more of a platoon player, which I think he's better suited for anyway. Which he should have been this past year, Correct. I, I believe. Correct. But, obviously, injuries and and everything kind of went the other way. But, I mean, you can't, bring back, you can't bring back Darren Ruff. Like, he's got to go. I mean, Vogelbeck was okay, but he's not your DH long term, so you gotta go. And uh, you know, let's see what let's see what kind of bats get out there on the free agent market. Listen, would I love to come in here and be like, yeah, the Mets are gonna sign Aaron Judge to a seven-year, nine hundred million dollar contract? Yeah, like that would be fun to sit with, to watch Aaron Judge in a Met uniform, and more fun to watch the Yankee fans be pissed off about it. But I think at the end of the day, Judge isn't coming to. If he's if he's staying in New York, he's not going to cross down. Uh, so we'll see, Jolan. I, I I just they got to get starting Marte healthy. Um, I think bring I I don't know. I would bring back I would bring back Brandon Nimmo. I think he's a he's an integral part of this team. I thought defensively he was unbelievable last year. I believe he was in the top ten percentile defensively speaking. And you know again, I think his bat is good. Um, but if there's a guy like Schwarber on the you know. uh, on the free agent list, I would put a lot of eggs in that basket. Schwarber can play right field, Marte can play center, and you got a lot of pop at the beginning of that lineup. I mean, Schwarber almost hit 50 home runs this year, right? I, he definitely hit 40. Oh, yeah. Uh, was pretty close to 50. So, I mean, you add a power bat like that, that could be dangerous. But I don't know how many years he's got left on his contract. But the Mets do need to look to upgrade, Joel, and there's no doubt. But, I mean, it's going to come in the pitching department. It's There's a lot of questions. Walker's a free agent. Carrasco's a free agent. DeGrom's a free agent. Bassett's a free agent. I mean, the Mets have to pick up Carrasco's option. They just kind of have to. It's just one of those things where he's but an I, arm. But I also think, Joel, and we can't lose sight at the fact that Tyler McGill was good. Obviously, he got hurt. But I thought he was really good. And even the year before, he was really good as a starter. And I thought David Peterson showed promise this year. Eh, I'm not I, in on that. Listen, most of the guys ever pitched before. We we you know we see all these guys. Um, we'll see. He's we'll see if they get Trevor Williams back. I think that's another uh, interesting piece. Uh, but they're definitely gonna have to fill out this rotation, and I'm intrigued to see who they do it with. We move from the Queens, and we go to the Bronx. You already mentioned Aaron Judge. The Yankees have been eliminated from the ALCS. They got swept out inside their own home ballpark. They've been eliminated three out of the last six playoff series, I believe, by the Astros. Astros have their number. Astros run the AL. If you're a Yankees fan, what do you want this team to do now? Well, you want what's not going to happen, which is organizational shakeup. Uh, Why wouldn't that happen, Ryan? Well, because Hal Steinbrenner has already come out and said Aaron Boone's coming back. And I'll tell you, even though he didn't say anything about Cashman, we know Cashman's going to come back because no general manager is going to take a vacant position that they already have to keep the manager. They want their own guy. We see this in every sport. Um, quarter, uh, coaches and quarterbacks 
quarter uh, uh, coaches and GMs. In New football. owners with GMs. Right. Like, these guys want their own guys. So, Brian Cashman, for all intents and purposes, while not inked yet, uh, will come back, I'm sure. And as Hal Steinbrenner said, Aaron Boone's coming back. So, you're Hal Steinbrenner. Money's good, but the wins aren't there. The World Series isn't there. You have to re-sign Judge, no? The crazy part is, Joel, on their top five in payroll, and it feels like they're bottom five. Like, it just feels like they're not spending enough, and they're not spending what the Yankees used to spend. Wouldn't that be a general manager's problem, though? No, because... Who who signs the checks? Who signs the checks is the owner. If he says, hey, Brian, you've only got got $265 million to play with, that's all I'm giving you. You know, his Cashman's hands are a little bit tied there. And, you know, Joe, we saw in 2009 this team, this team just went for it. You know, they went for it. This is not a team. They signed A.J. Burnett, C.C. C.C. Uh, yeah, Teixeira, you know, Teixeira signed that massive contract with them. This just doesn't scream like a team, Joe, that is going to approach that Steve Cohen tax at $300 million. They just don't seem like they're willing to do it. Systematically. Are you worried about what the Yankees are doing? Because you even just referenced it. Oh nine, they had to buy. It was buy, buy, buy. They won that World Series That's with the their pockets. Song. Oh, go ahead. 100%. But A.J. Burnett, C.C. Sabathia, A-Rod, we mentioned it. These acquisitions eventually led to a World Series, but the money was spent. There's no players being developed right now by the Yankees, besides Judge, in the past 20 years that you could really shake your head at and be like, all right, we're going in the right direction. Does that worry you if you're a Yankees fan? Well, of course, because of the way Hal Steinbrenner's spending money. If he was just saying spend, you go out and you buy you buy whoever you need. You, you get do the Freddie whatever, Freeman deal done. Right, you do whatever you have to do. But, Joan, they're stuck. There's bad places to be in sports, right? Mediocre is one of them. Playing two different quarterbacks is another. Not being able to shoot jump shots is another. Like, there are bad places to be in sports. The Yankees are in one of them right now because they don't develop well and they're not spending big money. You're literally caught in the middle. If the Yankees continue to do that, they will not beat the Astros because the Astros continue to develop at a pace that's higher than anybody else in baseball. I mean, hell, they lost Carlos Correa, who was, listen, for all you want to say about the cheating scandal, he was as big a part of that team as anybody else. For all intents and purposes, he was top five at his position. They lost him, brought in a rookie... And the rookie wins NL, uh, ALCS MVP. Period. Stop. He's been great. Awesome. It's been unbelievable. And you mentioned King Jordan. I mean, that dude's a freak. That was dude. a Dodger at first, but like I said, they have the eye to see a mm-hmm. great prospect and go get him. They, they are, they are a step ahead of the Yankees. If that, if you're cool with that as a Yankee fan, then you know, be my guest. But I, I imagine a lot of them are looking for that World Series title, and there's got to be, there's got to be drastic change. We hear a lot about the World Series and the baseball, MLB playoffs especially, about it just being a crapshoot. You send out your guys, you have a small, limited roster, see who gets hot, who's not. I would assume if you can spend money on guys like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, you would do it. But the Yankees didn't do it. Now, Bryce Harper and company are sitting in the World Series. Manny Machado, obviously, and the Padres made it to the championship series and got eliminated. Are you shaking your head at what's going on? The crazy part is, is Bryce Harper six months younger than Aaron Judge, and you know still has I think you know nine years left on his deal. Listen, are, th- are you buying into October baseball being a crapshoot, or do you believe good players get results? No, I think good players get results, and I think you're seeing it. And I think, but I think Joe, this is something. Listen, the Yankees didn't hit for squat; they barely hit better than you and I would. I'm pretty sure it was a team 200. 200. But they also, that rotation's not sound, right? Like the Phillies, for as much as they've caught crap this year, that rotation is set, okay? It's either Aaron Nola or Zach Wheeler, then the other in the next game. And you're going to see those guys, you're going to see those guys a total four times in a seven-game series. Zach Wheeler's in the World Series. That's a Wilpon disaster. You want to talk talk about an ultimate blunder. We're about to get into World Series. Ultimate blunder by the Wilpons was allowing Zach Wheeler to go. But nonetheless, Jolan, I think Aaron Judge masked to me so many issues on this team this year uh, because he carried them so far. Just to get booed out of Yankee Stadium. Dude, he literally dragged them. 
he dragged them to the division title. Without they him, would this, have collapsed. Without him, this is a seventy-win baseball club. With, without him, they collapse in the second half of the season. Let's be honest. If oh, yeah. he suffers an injury, and they goes on the IL for two half. weeks, they're done. Done. They're done. So, um, yeah, and you mentioned the bullying. Listen, I I have thought for years that at a certain point, guys don't want to deal with it. I get it. Like it's New York stand up. Like this is our thing. We're super cool for this. Not everyone's Jeter. Not everyone's Eli Manning. Not not everybody wants it. You know, maybe maybe Machado and Harper would have wanted it. You know, maybe they would want it better than Donaldson and you know IKF. But like, who <laughs> I knows? could assure you of that. Yeah, you know, but it, it, it's some people aren't built for it. You know, and and it's a tough place to play. New York is a hard place to play. It is on both sides, the Bronx and the Queens. It is a hard place to play, and uh, we'll see, Joe. I don't know if this Aaron Judge deal gets done. I really don't. So let's get into the World Series. Obviously, both of the Yankees and the Mets aren't in it, but the Astros and the Phillies are going head-to-head in an AL versus NL battle. Obviously, it's a great week for Houston and Philadelphia sports to hate each other. They also have the Houston Texans Philadelphia Eagles game going on this week. Is this been scripted? Let's start with World Series right now. Who do you got? Why? Bro, did you see the ticket? The cheapest tickets for standing room at a Phillies game is thirteen hundred dollars. That's the most money they'll ever see. That's that's the cheapest, and you don't even get a seat. You're just standing there. You get to breathe the air with other people. That's ridiculous. But let's be honest. New York needs to be rooting for Houston. And the Mets, it's obvious, right? We can't root for the Phillies. I I don't care that Zach Wheeler was once a Met, because guess what? Syndergaard's on this team, and I hope I hope he throws about. I, I hope he gives up nine earned runs in one inning. But why Yankee fans should be rooting for Houston is Jolan. There was an interesting graphic that got released on the interwebs, or as the kids would call them, the social medias. Oh, and uh, the last three times the Phillies have won a championship. It has been followed by a recession in this country. So for so for not only the sake of not allowing Philly to go crazy, which by the way, they paired with a lube company already to like lube up their their poles so they can't climb them in the streets. Joe for the sake of humanity and for the economy, which we talk so much about, for God's sake, Houston has to win. And I could recap all those years. 1929, 1930, obviously the start of the Great Depression. Great Depression. 1980, financial crisis. 2008, housing market crisis. 2022, what's next? next? The Astros win the World Series? We won't find out. Right. Let's go Houston. That's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Gotta be on the Houston bandwagon. That's honestly, hand in hand, it sounds like... It sounds like it's not true. It sounds ridiculous, but it like actually works out that way. So It's like when the Simpsons are right about everything. Yeah. So weird. But like, oh man. Oh, the Phillies gonna win this World Series now. <laughs> like the, the the crash is coming. Uh, Bryce Harper's really good at baseball. Yeah, we I'll all know the crash much. is coming, but like, yeah. <laughs> not the Phillies. <laughs> not the Phillies. <laughs> it's just one of those things too. Where like all years the Braves are the Mets, and it's the Phillies. And it's the <laughs> like, Phillies. So it might be a crapshoot. October might be a crapshoot. But this team's playing as hot as they are. Do you but give them a chance at, against Houston? I do because look at how they're winning games. Their best players, Reese Hot, their best hitters, Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper are hot Super. at the right time, and they have two pitchers that can no hit you on any given night, and that is Joel, that is a recipe for success. We might be speaking a little bit hyperbolics, but you're and right; they're good. These guys they're as good as they come. But remember, the Mets. I believe the Mets won two one nothing games against each one of these guys this year. So two total games, one against each, one nothing games, okay, and then they got they got to him in a couple other games. These guys have been the in the postseason, Joel, and have been ridiculous. Wheeler's thrown around a whip of .53, I believe, so far in like twenty five innings in the postseason. That's pretty good. It's been ridiculous, Joel, and, and it's you got to face those two guys a total of four times. So the Phillies just win games pitched by uh, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. They win the World Series. But on the other side, you got Houston with Frembar, Valdez, and Justin Verlander, and McCullers, and the guy Javier, uh, who was really good. And you've got a lineup that's deep, Jolan. So do I give the Phillies a chance? Yeah, I do. Good. I, I, I think this is a good series. I really do. What's your prediction? How many games? Who wins? Give me Houston at seven. Who's the MVP? The MVP is King Yordan. There it is. He takes down the city. There, I agree. I believe this can go seven, but I want to take Houston in six. 
just because I want to be right with something. We can't go both seven. There you go. Boom, taking Houston in six. So as one season comes to a close in the MLB, another one starts up in the NBA. There's a lot to talk about, a lot of storylines. Let's dive into them. A couple of them, Celtics start off red hot after competing in the finals last year. Do you like this team as much as I do? Yeah, competing competing in the finals, and then they lose their head coach for the year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and obviously, I mean, you know, obviously we're not going, you know, we're not going to dive into detail of that whole situation. But it was consensual, but it was in-house. That's the problem. But it's also illegal based yeah. on oh. every corporation. Oh, yeah, that's what right, I mean. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in-house punishments, in-house, it's all right. in-house. So, but I thought they've responded well. But again, I, I just, I don't put a lot of weight into games before Christmas. And I think you Fair. see I think you see a large portion of even NBA fans are starting to get to that point. You know, we love the hot starts, but hey, what are you doing in January, February, March? But I will tell you they're playing good basketball. Their additions, obviously unfortunately Gallinari, you know, losing him for the year before the season even started hurts. Uh, but they've looked really good so far, so you can't you can't ask for much more, right? Brogdon's phenomenal, yep. obviously. Brown and really, Tatum. He was really good with the with the Bucks and the Pacers for a while. So and that's one of those players where you're not going to pay too much attention to him until he's on your team, and then you'll see how good of a player he is. He's a Virginia guy, Coach Bennett guy. Celtics are going to be good this year. Keeping a lookout. Flip side of the coin: Philadelphia, New York Knicks, New York or Brooklyn Nets. Kind of, eh, starts. Knicks look better than they recently have. Let's talk about these three teams well, in the East. The Knicks are 2-1, and one and they've covered two spreads of over seven points. And Brunson this year. making plays. Jalen Brunson, again, he'll be a good addition for this team. Is he a $100 million addition? I don't know. We could debate that all day. Um, if he sells tickets to Dolan, he is. I God, I can't stand James Dolan. <laughs> He's but, a uh, <laughs> No, listen, the Knicks have looked good. The Nets have not. Uh, ben Simmons still just doesn't have a jump shot. Uh, he's fouled out in two of the three games he's played in. And, yeah, it's only three games, but, like, how often do guys foul out? Like, that's like, it feels like the, it's like a rec youth uh, basketball game instead of, like, an NBA game. Yeah, you got yeah. five. Coach tells you get six. Stop you the know, call. Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's just, it, it's not good. It's not good right now. So, but, again, they've got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go. I I would say right now, if I have a hot take, it's I, Steve Nash doesn't even make it to the to see the end of the season. So. so he's out by Christmas, obviously. Probably, Kevin Durant man. wanted him out, obviously. But let's go over to Philadelphia. Sure. And, and being those guys are starting slow, is it scary and concerning that the process has taken this long to come to fruition and that this is the result of the process? Yeah, I mean, if the Knicks had, like, proclaimed the process, like, by now, and they were the, still the same, I probably would just, you know not be very happy and probably put a hole through a wall or something That's a good like way that. to put that, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to, <laughs> trying to find a G-rated and not depressing way of saying that. But, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, they, they got to be better. And, uh, you know, Embiid had 40 points in one of their losses. So, you know, you kind of, you can live with that. It, Harden looks okay. I know he's a lot slimmer this year. And uh, at least he looks half-decently athletic. You know, thank God. You know, the guy's only, what, 30 um, but this team, Jalen, they got to pick it up. They got to pick it up, or they got to make a big splash. And I don't know what that splash looks like. They, you know, they have Tobias Harris and Thibel or Maxi that they can kind of pair uh, and send off and try to get somebody uh, of good stature. So we'll see how they kind of develop. But uh, I, 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 Philly sports right now, I just kind of can't take it. I mean, yeah, they're all over the place except in the NBA. But we'll stop in the East and head out west right now. Lakers off to a very slow start. Is this the end of LeBron's full supreme reign of being the solidified number one? I mean, should Russell Westbrook ever play a basketball game again? I think that's one of the more important questions we need to answer. And the the answer should. is maybe. Like I, I just <laughs> like I just don't know. Like and the crazy part is is Joel and I, I woke up and I was doing the sports report for the radio station that I work at and I'm like, all right, we'll get the scores in and See, opening night of basketball. Oh, I knew opening night was the night before. I'm looking, and I go, oh, okay, Steph Curry popped off for 33. Oh, losing player, top score. Oh, that's LeBron at 31. He went 31-8-8. He did it again the other night. I think this guy, John, on any given night can be the best player in the league. He is a freakazoid. He is an Iron Man like we have not really seen. He's in year 20. Uh, as clearly advertised by him and just about everybody and their mother around him, but uh, it, it's it's incredible what he's been able to do, Jolan. And his stats will be fine, I, I think. 
That team needs shooting so bad. In the worst of ways. So, Ross 0 for 11 one of those nights. Like the fact that Rob Polinka reportedly, again reportedly, turned down a trade for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner from <sighs> Indiana is organizational malpractice. It is straight, or especially as you watch this team now. Negligent. It, it's negligent. Organizationally negligent. It, it, there we go. That's the better phrase to use. It, Joel, on this team, I believe the stat is they're shooting 21.2% from downtown in their first three games. You get games. that at a sixth grade CYO. It's the worst. That's the second worst of all time. Even by the a 50s? Team, by a team to start a team. Uh, the 2018 Hawks. We're at 21.0%. It's funny. I, I would expect that number to be back in the 40s and yeah. 50s. But well, like, they didn't have the three-point line then. That's it. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the other case for it. So, but Joe on this team needs shooting in the worst way. They need Anthony Davis to stop playing. Like, like Joe, you and I used to play pickup basketball. There's always that tall guy that just doesn't feel like being inside, so he sits on the edge starts shooting jump shots. That's Anthony Davis right now. The guy's shooting 20% Soft. from downtown. Charmin Ultra. Stop shooting threes. Dude, and get your rear end in the paint and dunk on somebody's head. It's weird because with his size and stature, he has shown before he can handle the position at five. Is this a mental thing with all the injuries? It has to be because the other thing too, Joel, is he has such an advantage. He's such a speed advantage. Like, oh, yeah. He's quick, over big men. He is quicker for a five. He's got the height of a five, but he's quicker than fives. So it, it should be a mismatch. It should be like a small ball lineup per se, putting him at the five. And it should be glorious. But his reluctancy to go inside and play like a big man is showing up right now. And and it's it's honestly, it's killing the Lakers, Joel, and it may be hurting them more than Russell Westbrook is. Let's stay in L.A. Let's go over to the Los Angeles Clippers right now. Who do you think has more to prove with their with their place on this team of the Clippers? Kawhi Leonard or John Wall? Kawhi Leonard already on a minutes restriction. You know how he does his load management. Yep. John Wall coming off an epitome of three years. like Basically sat the bench the whole time. That was, that was it summed up. So yeah. who has more to prove for this Clippers team if they want to win a title? I think it's got to be John Wall. Um, we've seen this Clippers team. You know, with a healthy Kawhi, with a healthy Paul George, their first year together, and they couldn't. You know, I I don't even think they got to the conference finals. So, I think John Wall is you know kind of under the limelight, John. I think as we get to February and March, we're gonna say like John Wall needs to be the missing piece, Dude. like that that they were missing, yep. and so the expectations will rise. I think right now expectations are low because he's still kind of coming back from that injury. And credit to him, by the way. You want to talk about mental and how hard something is uh, coming back from the injuries that he has. Full credit to him, um, and we wish him the best, obviously. But, yeah, I think it's John Wall. I think if he is who they think they're getting, I think this Clipper team is really, really dangerous, Joel, and they got a shot, you know, to to beat anybody. So the Trailblazers start off hot. They are 4-0. and Obviously a ton of points coming from Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. and the Nuggets, but they still get outlasted. By Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Grant, excuse me, Josh Hart, and those guys. Is this um, Trailblazers team good enough to compete in the West? Absolutely not. West? Okay. Absolutely not. There it is. I mean, <laughs> listen, I think at the end of the day, Yusuf Nurkic is your center, and he's going to get exposed by somebody at the five who is just better than he is. And a lot of that team, Jolan, just feels like the kids that gave, gave you all-out effort on defense on every single play. But by the fourth quarter, they're, like, dead. And you're, like, beating them back door and stuff like that. I just feel like as the season wears on, I just don't. And, and when talent really shines the brightest, I just don't think they have enough to get over. A free we, Simmons has been really good. I mean, we yeah, but we saw we saw what Dame was with CJ when they were humming. Fair, fair. And they could only, you know, they could only get so far. So, I, I just think this team is limited, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, if nobody can exploit Yusuf Nurkic, they're going to be fine. But I think teams will, uh, and specifically Denver can. You know, I know Jokic generally has his number, so we'll see. Let's do a crapshoot right now. Let's predict an MVP and winner of Western Eastern Conference Finals like the kickoff oh, every season. MVP. Tatum. Come on. That's easy. Tatum. That's so easy. Jalen Brown. Yeah, but Jalen Brown plays too well. He'll, he'll be in the top five voting, too. He'll be number five. Tatum I, will be one. I don't think they'll give it to so. I don't think they'll if do If two that. guys are popping off like that, yeah, yeah I understand I, what you mean. I'm going to go Doncic. I'll take Doncic to win MVP this year. Um, 
I will take the Warriors coming out of the West. Again? And yeah, no. dude. Draymond's punching out his team, his own teammates. Yeah, of there. and he's gonna punch the other team too. Like, <laughs> so it's kick him in the you know what. Yeah, kick him in the you know what. And Jordan Poole will rain threes again. You know, and, and, and they're they're doing their thing. But I mean I think the Suns give him a run in the West. Devin I, I, Booker's I like a Devin good Booker. Guy. Devin Booker's a good MVP candidate, oh, a yeah. good dark horse. Uh, but I'll take the Warriors again until somebody beats him, Jolan. You know, then then I'll uh, then I'll eat crow. Coming out of the East, we'll talk about crapshoots. Um, you got the Bucks, you've got the Celtics, uh, you've Bucks got the Nets. Uh, Nets if, are not up there. If Simmons can get a jump shot, we'll see if Philly can kind of stroll along. I'll uh, I don't know this. This feels like a rivalry that may just go back and forth, back and forth. I'll take the Bucks this year because the Seas beat them last year. I'm going to take the Celtics coming out of the East. Shocker. I'm going to take the Suns coming out of the West. Okay. And the MVP this year is going to be John Morant. There you go. Boom. There it is. Early predictions. That wraps up the start of the NBA season. Obviously, as the season progresses, we will continue updating you, giving our takes and whatnot. But now, the beloved time of the year, we're in the middle of the NFL season. Yeah, it's a beauty. We're in the middle of two seasons, really. We, you know, with... The NFL and college football. We'll talk a little college football after we're done with the NFL. Um, but it's been exciting, Joan, and this is a, as I always continue to say, it is a bad time to have a wedding. Um, I get it. Maybe it's discounted in the fall. It is a, it, it's a really pretty time, but it's a very bad time. It's a good time to be a Giants fan, though. I, I'm just, I'm just telling you, like I, I do not plan, and I say this, Joan, with all, with good intentions. And if my future wife really wants to get married in the fall, I guess I'll suck it up. Or at least, you know what I'd do? I, I won't be I, there. <laughs> I would tell you, I would probably wheel in a TV. Like, I would definitely be a guy like that. So, uh, we'll see. But, yes, bad time to have a wedding. We move forward, though, into week eight, I believe. Correct? Are week? we in a week? Yeah, we're in a week eight already. Wow. Giants are sitting pretty. We move on to Thursday, <laughs> October 27th, while the Baltimore Ravens travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. And the Ravens are favorited by one point. Buccaneers, home underdogs. Tom Brady is a home underdog. Who do we got here? I mean, do you really trust either one of these teams? I don't trust the man going through divorce. I, I don't really trust Lamar Jackson right now either. Good point. I mean, their team has not looked, they have not looked good in a few weeks. Gus Edwards coming uh, back, though. Yeah, looks great. yeah, he looked good last week. But still, I mean, Lamar was dropping 40 burgers in fantasy the first couple weeks, and now he's dropping 13 burgers. Like if I, you know, if I drafted Lamar in the fifth round for that, I mean, what the heck am I doing? You We're know? disappointed. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see, Joe. I don't know. I don't think this is like a get-right game for the Ravens. I don't think it's a get-right game for Tampa. Uh, I'll say this: this game sucks. It, I'll say this: if Mike Evans plays, I'll take Tampa Bay. If Mike Evans doesn't play, I'll take Baltimore. I think he's gonna play. Uh, we'll see. I think he needs to redeem himself from dropping a touchdown last week. Uh, that would have given me like ten extra fantasy points. And he, you know, that he had that whole incident in the tunnel with the official. And did he give him an autograph or did he give him a phone number? Wh- whatever happened there? It was an autograph. Yeah, I think. Uh, He's giving out their phone number. Nobody. I think Mike Evans is back out there this week, and I'll take I'll take Tampa Bay to win a squeaker. And mind you, the officials are people. They got kids. They got family members. But it would show bias. It, Although I'm gonna I, be honest with you, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't. No. It wouldn't have mattered Sunday. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they handled it look so bad. I mean, I agree. But we, we, I digress. We move on to the Sunday 9:30 window, all the way out over across the pond, in London. The Broncos take on the Jaguars. Just too ugly. Did you hear about Russell Wilson? Don't get me started about Cornwall Wilson. I did. Calisthenics in the plane. He worked out four of the eight hours of the flight, and he was doing high knees. Dude, I'm telling you right now, if if I was a player on that plane, and I was trying to sleep, and homeboy McIdiot was doing high knees in the rows, I would, I, I, I think, Joan. It's the one time I would say in football you are justified fighting the starting quarterback. I would fight him. Here's my problem with Russell Wilson. Before this whole stint, Broncos yep. country, let's ride, he was just a dude in Seattle winning football games, showing up prepared with a super incredibly hot wife. Now, he's worried too much about the brand, worried too much about making slogans, way too much about manufacturing what a good QB should look like, that he's playing awful on Sundays. There's too many outside factors right now. 
working on Russell Wilson for him to strictly focus on football. But I know it. But he's still showing up with his beautiful wife. So yeah, that, but his that's corny important. logo, his corny slogans, it's too much. 100%. And it started last year with the whole thumb injury, and then he's he was rehabbing 19 hours a day, and then he was doing the fake two-minute drill. It, Let's it, look at the trajectory of Russ Wilson, though. Even four years ago, A-plus, solid, got out of the pocket, yep. awesome. Three years ago. We'll give it an A minus. Did his job. Mm-hmm. Stood more in the pocket. Didn't take as many hits. Whatever. Two seasons ago, started to look like some wear and tear was showing. Started to look old. But that was last, also when the whole last, last season we all blamed Pete Carroll. This season he's on Denver. If you read graphs and it goes straight down like that, you're worried. You're worried. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, there's something's got to be off, and and we know something's off because it's just not the Russell Wilson we've seen. Like he's He's doing things that we've just never seen him do, but with his beautiful wife on his side. Uh, listen, Joe, we watched the Jags team against the Giants last week. Uh, there's an argument to be made. They should have won that football game. Um, no. uh, that's that's neither here nor there. Obviously, they lose the football game. That's how wins and losses work. But, uh, Joe, I will tell you this. I do like the Jaguars this weekend uh, in, in what is going to be a nasty, ugly football game. That may or may not end like 15-14, like in London, in front of all those people who are used to low scoring anyway. Soccer is a low scoring game, so you know 15-14, Jags, the best team in the NFL this week and last week. The Carolina Panthers take on the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> who do we got? The Falcons are still favored by four and a half, um, despite the Panthers obviously beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. PJ Walker. Chaba Hubbard, I think, I think Foreman, this, McCaffrey's I think, gone. Who do you I like? think this game stinks worse than the dead fox that's outside. Stop it. Panthers are good at football. But, <laughs> no, they're good at football on the defensive side of the ball. Now, their cornerstone wide receiver, DJ Moore, needs to step up and make his buddy uh, PJ Walker feel a little bit better. Shout out Elizabeth, New Jersey. Shout uh, out XFL. Yep, shout out XFL. He went to Temple, uh, so shout out Temple. And I think Carolina wins this football game. That Atlanta defense last week, I, and I know it's the Bengals. I know they got Boyd and Burrow and Chase, but they looked atrocious last week. Swiss weekend. cheese. Swiss cheese. They didn't find it till late, and I don't think they find it in this one. I'll take Carolina. It's a, a good question, too, because with Marcus Mariota playing as bad as he has, it's like only a matter of time before we start seeing Desmond Ritter well, Like, out let there, him so. cut it loose. Like, exactly. let him throw yeah, it 45 like... times a game. Like, what do you have? Seriously, Arthur Smith, what do you have to lose at this point? And we know what Mariota's going to give you. You're He's taking a little bit, going to give you that medium pass range, but that's about it. We move forward to the Chicago Bears taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by a whopping nine and a half points as the home team. Who do we got here? I, you know, as much as I, you know, love our former coach Paul Coons, uh, who is a Cowboy fan. As much as I would love. He's a Cowboys fan. It explains it all. He is a Cowboy <laughs> He likes rings. Hasn't seen him in a while in the Cowboys. Oh, man. He hates Jerry Jones, I bet. As much as I would love to pick against the Cowboys here, Joel, um, my thought in my head says I got to take the Cowboys. Uh, the Bears just traded away Robert Quinn uh, to a team we're going to talk about later. But it, it is – so they lose a pass rusher. They I thought they discovered something with Justin Fields though last week against the Patriots and – Finally getting him outside the pocket a little bit. Let him be the athlete that he is. Like I saw Marcus Spears on ESPN was like, oh, we just found out Justin Fields was an athlete and finally just like thought he may do well outside the pocket. It's almost like if you're the Bears coaching staff, you're all in the hot seat and you have to get, uh, lean into Justin Fields' game as opposed to having him lean into your offense. Well, I think Fields is the one that's on the hot. I mean, Eberflus is in his first year. You know, Very I mean, I think he's going to be around for a little while. Um, I mean, Urban Myers in his first year, he was out the door. Quick. Yeah, but I think that's a different, you could see that. True, and if Nathaniel Hackett gets fired, you could just say it's a new owner that didn't hire him or the GM. Right. So right. it's one so, of those things. It's interesting. But, yeah, I, I, I think I think the Cowboys win this one, especially at home. You know, I think the Cowboys just take care of business. That defense has been really good all year long. The Miami Dolphins travel up north to take on the Detroit Lions, and the Dolphins are favored. Three and a half points is the away team. Detroit was a hot start offensively to the season. It's kind of taking a downturn with the loss of Swift. Amon Ra in and out. Who do you got here? Uh, this is my upset of the week. I'll take Detroit. Just smells like a game they actually show up for. Don't know why. Not 100% sure. Not 100% why. confident. but Because the Dolphins think they're the fastest team in the NFL. The they do. love to get after and that. They, you know what, though? They, they might be. Yeah, I mean, Waddle definitely. and Hill combined. 
that's probably the fastest duo in the league. But and most are back there. Yeah, most are. You're, you're definitely the fastest team with defensive backs and defensive linebackers. They love getting after these dudes that are talking. Soon. Yeah. So and I just think you know, Joel, we always have a surprise in the NFL. So maybe this is it this week. We move forward to the Arizona Cardinals traveling north to Minnes- to take on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are home favorites at three and a half. What do we got here? Is there a double XP this weekend? Call of Mo- Duty Modern Warfare 2 comes out Friday night. Friday night? Okay. <laughs> so there likely will be a double XP, which means I'll take the Vikings by about 45 and a half. D-Hop um, looked nice, though. D-Hop did look nice. I just don't think he fixes his team. No, and I think on the road in Minnesota... I like the Vikings to take care of business. It almost seems like it's a coaching problem over there. They're in coming off a bye, aren't they? Minnesota they is. are. They so, are. Yeah. So I, I even like them even more. They've had two weeks to prepare for this. They're at home. Dalvin Cook's going to be fresh. Thielen's going to be fresh. Justin Jefferson's teaching everybody and their mother the gritty, aka Mike Kosicki, uh, who needs to learn. And uh, so I, I like the Vikings in this one. Justin Jefferson just passed Jerry Rice for most receiving yards in the first three years of an NFL career. There you Granted, go. Seventeen game season, all whatnot. Right. It's still impressive. There's still plenty. That's of a whole left. debate for a different podcast. We move forward though to the Las Vegas Raiders going to NOLA to take on the New Orleans Saints. The Raiders are away favorites at one and a half points. Andy Dalton gets to start, even though Jameis Winston is healthy. Michael Thomas might return. Yeah, Molt, you're gonna love me for this one. I'll take the I'll take the Raiders. Vegas. Uh, I think you know I'm not all the way turned around. I'm not like they're gonna go win the Super Bowl, but uh, Joel and I think they just continue their march in, in trying to be one of those teams that started out real slow and is kind of marching their way back, you know, to to a playoff hunt. And they're in a division, Joel, that we thought was gonna be so incredibly good all year long. The Chiefs have looked great, uh, but outside of that, Joel, the Chargers suck, and the Broncos have have homeboy McWilson. So, like, if you're the Raiders, you can get to second place in that division, and can you squeak out a wild card spot? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. you got to beat out teams like the Jets and the Dolphins and, uh, you know, any any other team, you know, the the either the Ravens or, you know, if the Browns make a push. So, I, I like the Raiders in this one, Joel, more, more or less because I think they need to win this game. So, I'll take them on the road in Nala. We move forward to the New York uh, Jets hosting the New, New England Patriots. Although the Patriots are away and have a worse record than the Jets, they're still favored by minus two points. And this is the first matchup since 2001 that the Jets have a better record than the Patriots going into a matchup. This is the Bill. That's the uh, reason the Patriots are favored. That's the Bill Belichick effect. And Vinny Testaverde was the Jets' quarterback the last. Yeah, time I was just going to say it's either him or Penning. Then so yep, it was Testaverde, Testaverde versus Brady. Sense. I'm pretty sure in the second matchup. Good lord. Brady's first time playing the Jets. Um, let's see. I, that place, Jolan, I think I saw it on Twitter. That place is going to be the loudest it's been in a long time. Sold out. It, it should be. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Are up. You can't find me anywhere near Route 3 on Sunday, I'll tell you that much. But, uh, Jolan, this, this Patriot team comes in wounded. Uh, Mac Jones is going to start. He did receive not over 90% of the first team reps. We'll call it Rule 10 on the pod. If you have two quarterbacks, you have you none. You have none. Uh, that, that has been a rule for a while. And, uh, yeah, we got to figure out our actual rules here on the podcast. We'll announce them one of these days. Don't pay but, running backs, uh, number one. Don't pay running backs is commandment number one. We'll, we have to figure out, too, that it, do we want them to be commandments, amendments, uh, rules? or uh, We'll figure all that out on our own. we got to lay those out. That'd, that'd be, be fun. Do. That'd be fun. But uh, the Jets and the Patriots, Joel's, I'll take the Jets. Uh, listen, Brees Hall went down for the year. J-E-T-S, Elijah Ver- I can't Jets, stand that chant. Jets, I, Jets. I I I can't, <laughs> cannot stand that chant. Uh, Brees Hall out for the year. Elijah Vera Tuck out for the year. But they go and get James Robinson, who I think Joe Douglas credit to him. He he didn't wait back and he didn't you know he didn't pull he pulled the trigger when he needed to. Before we get into the next game, just because yep. it's a local team, let me ask you something. Sure. Has Joe Douglas shown his hand with Michael Carter? For one, making a move for James Robinson this fast after Brees Hall goes down. Yep. And two, even drafting Brees Hall in the first place. I just think, no, I think Carter's a good back. I don't think Carter, I, I don't think he's a starter in the league. He's not I, a one-two or back. Even if he is, even if he is, Jolan, I just don't, he's not a three-down guy. He, he can't, in my opinion, take on that workload. So you bring in a guy like James Robinson who's fresh, right, because ETN's starting to get all the carries. Over there in Jacksonville, which is great for my fantasy team, by the way. Uh, so, but now I think you get the one-two punch back, Joel. And we've seen it. The, the great giant teams have had the one-two punch. 
They had the one, two, three punch in 07. Earth, wind, fire. You know, earth, wind, and fire. That was awesome. Ward, Ahmad Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs. Yep. So, you know, I like the deal by Joe Douglas going out. And I think, I, Joe, I don't think he's done. I think he may go out and look for an offensive lineman. We move forward to the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Philadelphia, not too far over, to play the Eagles. The Eagles are home favorites by 10 and a half. It's a large number in in-state rivalry. What are you going with? And they just got Robert Quinn. That's the team we were talking about before that Chicago traded him to, uh, which makes Chicago now one of my, the more, in my eyes, one of the more hated teams in the league uh, whenever you trade to the Eagles. Listen, I think the Eagles are going to win this game by two touchdowns to begin with. I think they're going to win it by more than two touchdowns now. Uh, that doesn't change. And they're coming off their bye. I think they've had two weeks to prepare. And... Uh, Let's see if this team can continue to roll. Steelers, another team. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. You have none. We move up. We move forward to Tennessee Titans traveling to Texas to take on the Houston Texans. Texans are home underdogs. They are um, unfavored, rather, by two points. Titans are favored by two points. Who do we have here? I'll take the Titans. This was the stadium, uh, Joe Lon, I believe, two years ago when Derrick Henry was on the cusp or was uh, deep into second place on the rushing list uh, to finish out the year, and he needed something like 253 yards to pass the number one guy, and uh, I believe he rushed for over 260 in that game. And he was a monster, so I think he likes playing down there in Houston, and uh, I think they're going to take take care of business. And, you know, I think maybe it's a one-score game. Maybe it's a tight game for a while, maybe a kick at the end, but uh, I like Tennessee in the end. Derrick Henry is going to have another monster week, I assume. Texans giving up a league-high 5.5 yards per carry. Not good. That's Derrick Henry's feasting grounds. We move forward to the Washington Commanders taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Now, this one's a bit of a surprise because Matt Ryan, with shoulder soreness, has been benched all season. Sam Ellinger is now the starting quarterback. Tyler Heineke is the quarterback for the Commanders right now. Colts are favored by three. Who do we got? God, I hate this game. This, game this, is, yeah, this is a bad game. Uh, I'll take Tyler he- uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh, Taylor Heineken, uh, Heineken Light, we, you know, whatever you want to call the kid. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I think, provides just a hair bit of spark here, Jolon. That doesn't mean he's good. That doesn't mean he's great. We'll see what Ellinger does, but I don't know. He uh, He's also the guy that said the Longhorns were back and uh, has, has literally put a curse on that university. So uh, I, I'm a little bit worried about what he might do to the Colts organization. And Colts don't have good luck with quarterbacks, so... And their old line's been bad. I, I'll take Heineke in this game, man. I, I, I like the youngster. NFC beast, the Washington representing. We move forward <laughs> to the San Francisco 49ers and Christian McCaffrey battling their in-state rivals, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh-oh, here we go. 49ers are favorited by one and a half points as the away team. Who do we got here? I mean, it's the a Rams? neutral site game. You know, let's be honest. Yeah. The, the I mean, Rams don't anything, play home games. Niners are probably home. And I'll take the Niners because Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay in the regular season. I believe he's uh, d- 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 I believe he's 9-0 and in the regular season. 9-1 barring postseason. Well, yeah, so he's 9-0 and in the regular season, 0-1 when it matters the most, unfortunately. Uh, Joel and I like what they do, and their run game is super creative, and now they've got Christian McCaffrey uh, to help run it. So, And George Kittle's starting to catch a little bit more. Here, instead of playing left tackle like he was a couple weeks ago, uh, as Trent Williams starts to get healthy, that's obviously a huge addition for them. And then uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. What can you do on the outside? Can Jimmy G limit the turnovers? I think he can, and I think he does in this one. I like the 49ers. We move forward to the New York football Giants taking on the Seattle Seahawks. This is the only game with two teams above 500 this week. Giants enter 6-1, and one, and the Seattle Seahawks, I believe, enter 4-3. and three. That is correct. What do we got? Giants are actually underdogs by three points. I mean, listen, uh, I'm taking the best team in football, uh, that being the New York football Giants. No, I'm kidding. But I, I I'm am. not. We're here. No, no, no. They're not the best team in the league. We're buyers of the deadline, not sellers. We're here. Uh, I We'll talk about that. But I like the Giants to win this football game, Jolon. They've gotten things uh, to bounce their way. They've put themselves in great positions to be in football games late. So, you know, I think, Jolon, that's that's the one thing. Even if the Giants lose this football game, you know it's not going to be 38 nothing, And this game's going to be close. It's going to come down. It, how good is Saquon Barkley? That Seattle rush defense isn't that good. So we'll see what he can do. If he can continue to hold that shoulder together, they're going to miss Daniel Bellinger, their tight end who fractured his eye socket last week. Uh, they're going to miss him. Evan Neal is out. 
luckily, Jolan, and I say luckily, you'll you'll understand why. MCL injury, they're saying about two to four weeks. Uh, lucky because it's not an ACL injury. But and then they lose Ben Bredesen, who's week to week. Jolan, I'll tell you the inspiration story of the week though. Uh, activated number seventy-seven, Nick Gates, uh, who suffered what was a disgusting leg injury. Jolan, seven surgeries. He, he went through seven surgeries. He battled his way back. And Jolan, he may not play these these next couple weeks. I I heard they were talking about it. They may wait till after the bye to really put him in game situations. But could you imagine your teammate coming back like that? I that would, it it would give me, it would give me absolutely absolute chills. Uh, if I were if I were a Giants player, Jolan, and that guy came back. So this just came in from Adam Schefter. Russell Westbrook's team announced, or Russell Wilson's team announced that he's quote unquote ready to roll for Sunday's game. Dude, what is he? A forty-five-year-old father <laughs> this in IHOP? Dude like, is dude. a cornball. His PR team, his media team, all cornballs. I corn can't take. He's he's a hundred percent like my dad, who will get, go to IHOP and they ask him how he wants his eggs, and he your, says, "Out of the shell." Your pops that, is way cooler. <laughs> right, right, right. But this is like. Russell Wilson has come down from, like, stardom to, like, dad at IHOP, which is kind of weird. He's playing but, the role of an NFL quarterback for the big screen. It's but so weird. let's go back to the cool stuff. Nick Gates coming back. Uh, while he may not play this weekend, he is on the active roster, uh, which is always huge show on. And listen, I think you and me are getting the call to play wide receiver soon because the Giants just, uh, their, their receiving core is meh. But they have a quarterback right now, Joan, that's just making enough plays. And what I will say about Daniel Jones and I think this is where, if you hate him or if you love him, this is where we can kind of agree. Daniel Jones has at least gotten the organization to the point where they don't have to reach for a player, right? So say the Giants like Will Levis out of Kentucky. Just per se, that's their favorite quarterback in the draft. Where they are now, they'll likely have to trade up for Will Levis, which would include probably giving your 2024 first-round pick. Maybe someone like Shepard, who's coming off IR soon. And maybe your third-round pick this year, too. Like, a lot of draft capital would go to that. What Daniel Jones has allowed this organization to do, Jolan, is be patient, find the guy they like the most, and, and go out. Because he's just, and I said this, my roommate from Seattle, from college, love him, Sam Hahn, what up, dude? Um, I he, Him and I were talking about it, and I said, listen, if you don't turn the football over, you can play on my football team. That that is That is number one as a quarterback. If you do not turn the football over, you can play for my team, and the Giants will go from there. And again, it allows the Giants to make other decisions in other spots, you know, without having to necessarily worry about the quarter, the most important one, the quarterback position. So Daniel Jones has played great. He was uh, a NFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week, I should say, because he was just awesome. He had a, over a hundred rush yards. So he's been good, John. He's making good decisions, you know, and you know he's not sexy like Mahomes. He's not going to double cross it across the field making an X with his arms and then throwing it back to the right with his eyes closed and uh, and his left leg tied behind his right hip. Like, he's not making plays like that. He's just making the little plays uh, that are turning into first downs and and key plays for this Giants team. It's going to be fun to see how this unfolds. We move forward to the Sunday night 8 o'clock game. The Green Bay Packers travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. And it's not what everyone expected. The Packers coming off the three straight losses, including the Giants, Jets, and Washington Commanders. The Bills exactly where they're expected to be at top of the AFC at five and two. They're favored by eleven and a half points as the home favorites. What do we got here? Yeah, I, John, you remember in 2018 when the Giants' entire receiving core got hurt? They lost like four wide receivers against the Chargers that one week. Don't gotta go back to 2018. I can just look at last week's team. No, no, no. But no, no. But let's go back to that game in particular. They then went into Denver on Sunday night the next week. I know exactly what game you're talking about. And there was no chance in hell the Giants won that game. And they find they find a way. So as much as I'm going to hammer the Bills, like it would not shock me if Rodgers and the bunch find a way to at least keep this thing competitive. 11 points is a lot against you Rodgers. Know, 11, po- 11 points is a lot, but it's Bills Mafia. It's going to be cold. They're, they're going to be They're going to be outrageous. Packers on, on Sunday night. So I'll take the Bills, Jolan, but I would not be surprised if Rodgers and the bunch can make this thing a game. We move on to the Monday night game. Cincinnati Bengals take on their in-division rival, the Cleveland Browns. Joe Burrow, hotter than a hot flame. Bengals are favored by three and a half points because of it as the away team. Who do we got? 
hotter than a fox in a forest fire. Is the there old it thing. is. Uh, I like the Bengals in this game. I think their defense hasn't been as good as I, I think everybody would like them to be the last couple weeks. It hasn't been as sharp. But, I mean, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase. That is a three-headed monster. And Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Any one of those guys could leave and be the number one of the Packers today. I know somebody, Jolan, I know somebody that started both Boyd and Chase in their fantasy league. Why? Because they combined for like 60 points. It's it's ridiculous production. When you're throwing 50 times a game, your guys are going to get receptions. It's awesome. So And they got Mixon out of the backfield. And they've got some other weapons. So, you know, I really like the Bengals here. The Browns are just kind of been eh. And they're, I mean, Jolan, the Browns need this game. They, More than they're anybody. just... I think they're just trying to hold on until Deshaun comes back. Uh, I don't think he's the savior, but they do obviously. Uh, so they're just—I think they're just trying to get to that point when they get him back. Two years of no football, you're not going to ramp it up week eleven all of a sudden. No, but you know he is. But remember what he's going to walk into, right? He's walking into a team that's run centric, that will allow him to just do some play actions right out of the gate. Do just kind of, enough, right? Kind of find his way again. It, you know, for being two years without football. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I like the Bengals in this game. Uh, obviously, I hope the Browns lose every game for the rest of the eternity. But that's a different subject. That wraps up Week 8, but doesn't wrap up the NFL just yet. November oh 1st is the deadline coming up. Yep. If you're the Giants, obviously at this point before Halloween, you expect it to be 1-6, and six, not 6-1. Six and one. You go from a seller to a buyer. You keep Saquon. Who do you add at wide receiver? I just, Jolan, I think the Giants... I, I think the Giants have to be extremely careful. Uh, you're you are not going to do something that's going to lock up your cap. Um, you know, like the 49ers traded for McCaffrey, but they take on the 14 million next year that he owes, and the year after that, the Giants aren't going to make a trade like that. So, if they make one at all, I think you know I thought DJ Moore was a good candidate. Jerry Judy maybe. Uh, Jerry Judy's an interesting case. If they sell him off for a fourth or a fifth. I, t- I take a flyer on him. I mean, you know, I would I would dare creep into the third round territory. I would pro- I I would potentially trade for him. I would only creep into th- the third territory because how many third round picks are as productive as someone like Judy? It's true. And again, you'll have this game this weekend. Like I think if the receivers play as bad at this you you say I have to go get Jerry Judy. Yep. And you know, again, the Giants aren't going to do anything that's going to handicap like it's not like Kenny Galladay is playing for like the Saints. Right now, with his awful contract, and the Giants are saying, oh, let's go trade for him. They're not trading for guys that contracts are going to be terrible down the line. So Jerry Judy is a good name to look at. And uh, I think the Giants are going to be very, very cautious, though, Joe, on just they, they know they're going to get into a better cap situation after the year, and they want to be very careful. And if you're Denver right now and you're looking at your, your how your cards fell and the money you owe Russ and all those things like that, you have to be considering trading one of your young pieces for a simple fact that you're not going to be able to retain them. It's yeah. too much money. you got too much money in the books. There's a whole new draft next year where you wasted a bunch of picks. So Denver's in a tough spot. We'll see what they do. Well, and the question is, what do you give Jerry Judy? You know, like, I know he's got a couple years left on his deal, so that's that's why, to me, it's intriguing if you're a giant because he's still on his rookie deal. I think it's two years, but I think he wants an extension sooner than later. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Giants are well within the right. If they trade for him and say, hey, you're under contract, like, then, yeah. deal with it. Um you know, because the Giants are going to have bills at the end of this year with Saquon and Jones. Somebody's got to get paid or not paid. Somebody's got to take that Kenny Galladay contract off the books. Uh, the Giants, no, the Giants are going to have to Robbie Cano it. They're just going to have to eat the money and let him go because he can't continue to be in the locker room. You heard that, Mara? He just can't do it. Get ready. John Mara, he's got to figure it out, man. I know you're listening now. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the day, my friend. But yeah, that's basically it for the NFL football. Uh, we forgot to mention that Elijah Vera Tucker for the New York Jets, outstanding guard this first couple of weeks. Oh, he's I done for it. the year. I mentioned. Oh, it. did you? Of course, he fell off at alignment, Joe. Of course, I must I have missed it. it regardless. But yeah, obviously, but yeah, he's, he's, done he's for out the year. for the years. That's why I bunch think the Jets people. may look for an offensive lineman at the deadline. Bunch, bunch of people right now in New York sports hurt. So yeah. we'll keep you updated on that. And as the NFL season goes along, obviously. We got all that stuff, but you wanted to say some things on college football. No, college football is just rolling, John, and, you know, we're starting to see some upsets here and there. And uh, Bama got knocked down by Tennessee a couple weeks ago, and then they took the uh, field goal post into the river. Rocky top. Uh, Rocky top down there. It looked like Rocky melt. Um, you know, I thought uh, that place was going to melt down afterwards. So, uh, it's it, it's they're an interesting bunch, man. It's they're number three in the country right now. So now that Alabama is officially number six, and they've, they've broken their 48-week streak, I believe, at top five rank, do you believe that the NIL has brought parity to college football? 
I I think it's way too early to tell and say right. it's anything with definite like. I mean, I I think I think it can a little bit, and I think it certainly will keep kids in college longer, uh, maybe just that extra year uh, because they don't. You know, the old thing used to be, Joel, I'm like, I got to get out as fast as I can because. Gotta I gotta go get paid for my family. Like nah, I gotta make sure degree, that get paid. Yeah, I gotta make sure that they don't get that they're fed for the rest of their lives. And you know now they can do that while also playing at a school and you know learning the alma mater song and learning the fight song and you know all the all the hoopla that comes with college football. They can actually enjoy it now, and I think a lot of kids are. And yeah, I mean, some of these deals, Sean, I got no idea where the money's coming from. Uh, nor do I think I may want to know where the money's coming from, but uh, but nonetheless, I think the NIL, it, it's it's interesting because you and I talked about this before the show. It's been like a river flow, and I think when NIL first started, I was just kind of saying, why don't we just give the kids the common sense stuff, like let let Johnny that owns the diner down the road give. Uh, C.J. Stroud a burger after he beats Michigan. You know, like, that should be allowed to happen. Or if C.J. Stroud signs a jersey for a little kid and the dad says, here, here's 50 bucks for signing it, he shouldn't have to be, like, deathly afraid that he's going to lose his left leg or something. Yeah, or, like, a standing in the Heisman or something crazy. Yeah, so it, it, it's not, you know, but then the NCAA said, yep, everything's allowed. And then just took ripped the Band-Aid completely off this gashing wound. And now they're like, whoa, 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 we need regulation. Too late. It's too late. It's too late. And, uh, Joel, I think NIL has been great for college sports, uh, at least college football from what we can see. And uh, we'll see how it continues to affect college sports down the road. But college football is awesome, man. You know, Oregon's been great this year. TCU. Uh, Ohio State, TCU. Michigan. Uh, the revitalization of a TCU program that was good a few years ago. Clemson 8 0, despite yep. all their, their off season I mean, heck, Syracuse was undefeated going into Clemson. They almost beat Clemson in Death Valley. That was a good game. Uh, LSU took just took down Ole Miss, you know, and they've got a date with Bama coming up in a couple, I believe, uh, next week. So that's going to be fun. And Georgia, obviously, still sitting there at number one. Rocky Top. Ro- Rocky Top sitting at number three. So, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a great playoff, and it's gonna come. And it's to all gonna figure itself out. So on, that's the be- that's the beauty of college football is ninety five percent of the time you just have to get through these few weeks, you, these opening weeks when they kind of play cupcakes and the Citadel and the Sisters of Hair and Makeup Institute of Technology. Like you just have to get through that, and then they're gonna play the real teams, and you get Alabama, Tennessee, or you get Tennessee, uh, Kentucky. You're going to get Tennessee, Georgia coming up in a couple weeks. You're going to get Michigan, Ohio State coming up in a couple weeks. It's all going to play itself out, and that's the beauty of college sports. you got to love it, right? I mean, yeah. There's nothing better than college football unless you're a Sooners fan and your whole heart hurts at the score. But, yeah, no, it's fine. Absolutely. I'm sure you're happy that USC lost last week. So I am, but at the same token, I'm not idiotic to how good USC can be at their full potential. Oh, yeah. I think once Lincoln Riley fully reigns in that program, they're going to be a top-five program for years to come. Yeah, and we'll see. It'll be a lot of fun. We know the offense with Caleb Williams is going to be uh, just fun to watch for the next few years. And we'll go from there. Joel, and that's going to wrap up uh, the podcast here, episode 70. Like I said, you know, I know we were we've been up and down with illness the last couple of weeks, but we're back. I was not I was not sick. My brother was sick. I was exposed. Yeah, well, we're you know we're all we've all got the sniffles somewhere, right? You and know, I got and, kidney stones. Hey, there you go. Um, that's uh, that's gonna do it for episode seventy. Sam Hupp episode, former Giant, uh, first NFL player to dawn Time Magazine. Jalen had Zach Martin, uh, who we have a lot of respect for. Plays right guard. Has also played right tackle a good amount as well. And uh, that's it's a guy you ultimately respect. And there's only a few of them on these hated rival teams, so don't get used to it. But, Jolan, uh, people can find me on Twitter and on Instagram, at GooseOnTheMic. Uh, same handle, both uh, accounts. Where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast? You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at GoodOldJolst. You can follow our Instagram at AirItOut.Podcast and our Twitter at PodcastAirItOut. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can feel free to reach us at those. We'll, yeah, uh, we're going to try to get a guest on next week. We'll yeah, try to get Aaron Boone will be gone by the time I come back. Uh, um, not according to Hal Steinbrunner. Yeah. Pays yeah. the checks. We'll see. We'll see. Watch right. how many people sell back their season tickets the second this thing hits the fan. Oh, I don't think that. Dude, you lose those season tickets, you're never getting them back. 
Because remember, right? If you sell him for the purpose of getting Aaron Boone fired, then he gets fired. You want back in? You're you're on the waiting list for the rest of the time. So we'll see. Aaron Boone will be the manager of the Yankees this year, whether you like it or not. And uh, we'll see where the MLB offseason goes. Like I said, Joel and I are going to try to get a guest in here next week. We'll have some fun with it. Keep it rocking and rolling. Hopefully and, uh, Moltner. I want to talk more Raiders maybe. Cool. cool. And uh, we'll uh, bring Moltner in. Let's have some fun. And uh, Joel and that will do it for episode 70. So until week 9 in the NFL. Can't believe that's already rolling around. Until November, uh, which is when the next pod will be recorded. And uh, Joel on until episode 71. Trade deadlines next week. We'll see. Put in the books.